This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to the awful and awesome entertainment rap. I have to admit I just put that song there because of a film that we're going to talk about which you might have guessed is Rangoon that song and Vishal Bharadwaj's Rangoon have absolutely nothing to do with each other but it's fun so welcome to the awful and awesome entertainment rap with me Dipanjana Pal and Rajshri Sen where we bring you old songs that have nothing to do with new movies but we bring them to you anyway we have the real housewives of isis we have an unsuitable boy we have um saints of sin hmm. we have all sorts of very very interesting things Vishal Bharadwaj's Rangoon is one of the most anticipated films of this year and it's also a film that's been delayed many times over Sun 1944 sari duniya jang ke junoon mein hai Hindustan angrezon ka gulam hai jahan is waqt azadi ki aag aasman chhu rahi hai Why did it get delayed because it's mad expensive okay that way i thought there was something in the trailer no i think I... there was something about the casting as well kangana i think came in a little bit later okay okay i'm not sure though but it is an extremely ambitious film it's also uh, it's ambitious not just in terms of the costs involved hmm. but um they shot most of this in arunachal pradesh Oh, okay, okay. Um, so it's a remote part of mm. the country because basically uh, as the trailer tells us it's set in 1944 and it's part of the it's a it's an attempt to show the Burma campaign that was held in Burma yeah. during 1944 World War 2 and it was it marked if from what i understand of the trailer i think it's looking at the at the battle that led to one of the most historic defeats that Japan has ever yeah. suffered in its military history i don't know how much of this history is actually going to inform this love triangle that is vishal bharadwaj's rangoon but knowing the kind of um the kind of complexities that bharadwaj likes And i suspect it will that he goes into So it's uh, the film stars Saif Ali Khan and Shahid Kapoor and Kangana as the love interest and uh, so I'm looking forward to it because if anyone can make Saif and Shahid Kapoor act it is Vishal Bhardwaj there is a track record yeah, for this yeah there's a track record for this so I have great faith in that I also think there are some very funny lines in this like when Kangana says it's what I'm going to Germany Hitler Hitler in the picture dikhta hai kya <laughs> And Kangana's character is loosely based from what I can Nadia tell Hunter Fearless Wally. Nadia yeah. who was actually this Australian woman called Marianne Evans and someone that I uh, became quite fond of because I found out that uh, she was fat like really oh. really fat and she'd been told to tr- lose weight hmm. that's why she started taking dance classes okay and that's where her versatility and flexibility came from and she had this uh, russian dance teacher called hmm. madam astrova <laughs> a suitably slavic name um madam astrova told uh, marianne evans that I'm sorry you do not have the figure for a dancer you are too round but you're very supple so you yeah. should you know you should work with that um she met a parsi film 
director and producer in India. Hmm. That was how she became a film star. Wadia, who was the Parsi filmmaker, he hated the submissive women who were on screen at the time. Okay. So he would constantly come up with different like feisty characters for her to play, which is why she's seen beating up loads of men. There were loads of shots of her in gyms. What we see of Kangana in Rangoon, of course, I mean, I don't know to what extent this is going to, you know, translate, but she is feisty. Um, I like that bit in the film where she turns around to Shahid Kapoor and says, you want to come into the loo and pee yeah. with me also? Why not? To my mind, the first and almost last time I have seen Saif Ali Khan act was as Langra Tyagi in, yeah, in Omkara. After that... He in after that, I'm trying to remember. You also. can't remember a film only that he's done but after I'm that. Very, I really like Saif, so I'm... And you I'm still can't remember Sef a fan. film. I thought he was very good in Ye Dillagi also. <gasps> okay, I'll tell you the film. I thought he was excellent. And that's the first film where Saif did not look like a woman, one. And two, where he acted and was acted well was Ek Hasina Thi. Last weekend was awards weekend. Yes. There were Stardust Awards. Local and foreign awards. There were. Stardust is only local. Yeah. It's Sansui just... Stardust. Please get it correct. Because Sansui was very important in this. Why was Sansui important? So the, in the middle of this uh, award show, which was like three hours long, first of all, there was this segment where they had... Uh, I've forgotten. They, so one other thing is they you don't have one single host for a for any of our Bollywood awards, you have three, four hosts because one person can't handle it, it seems. So they had uh, Manish Paul, Abhishek Bachchan, Ritesh Deshmukh and then Farah Khan was also hosting. So they introduced a segment, like they said, and now the biggest like moment and all. And this Palki, a parent Quinn was brought in uh, by these men wearing dhotis and mm. music played and all and then it was put down and a TV emerged from it and they launched the new Sansui LCD TV and Farah Khan with full earnestness mm. read, like, read out all the features of the television and all the stars in the front row clapped. For those who think that the Stardust Awards were live, they were not. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when they had happened. But Around easily a week back. Yeah, usually that, yeah. there's about a week. Now, uh, have you attended any of these no, live? sadly so not. So these go on. They're basically small films that are being shot, yeah. right? Small films with big, big actors. And having sat in on more than one... It is one of the most painfully boring things ever. Which might be why Amitabh Bachchan looks like comatose through, like whatever they are announcing, he's just like a waxwork. Now, that's also because the chances are that Amitabh Bachchan and every other starry person that mm. you saw in the audience came for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Right? But their same shots are circulated and again and out. again at different points. Yeah. So he isn't reacting yeah. to anything. He came and he sat down and that's a perfectly normal face mm. if you've just sat down. It's just that that same face is yeah. being used when he wasn't there either. So I believe the biggest, uh, I was told rather, the biggest thing about the Sansui Stardust mm. Awards was that Yulia Vantour made her debut. Yeah, so that was uh, quite impressive that they managed this. So we have to keep in mind that this was telecast. It's Sansui Stardust Colors Award. Anybody else? 
No, they don't. They kept three. I uh, see. This thing or the company names. Yeah. Now, colors. One of its biggest uh, non-fiction shows hmm. is Big Boss. Yeah. Big Boss is hosted by Salman Khan, and it's a big coup for them that he keeps hosting yeah, yeah. it year after year. Now, if Salman Khan is now dating Yulia Vantour, and he says that I want a full segment with her, she has nothing to do with Bollywood yet. As she's in Himesh Reshamia's yeah, new so, music album. Yeah, so as of now, she has nothing to do with it. But Yulia was brought on as her Himesh sang, and he was wearing like a wig, a tapushpal kind of wig, very bad wig. Hmm. And Yulia came on, and she lip synced to who? She lip synced to Himesh Reshamia to Salman Khan's song. So just so you didn't get confused that she's someone else's girlfriend, the songs were only Salman Khan's songs. That also is fine. Then she was called on to give the best director award. It was just bizarre. Why was she even there? And even if she was there, why was she suddenly the center of all attention? And but then, if you're Salman, if you're Bhai, you can. If you're Bhai, yeah. So sadly, I'm going to try and not crack a Bhai Bhai huh. joke. But sadly, the next day, which was the next morning, which was Golden Globes award, and Golden Globes, of course, was not absurd. Golden Globes, far from it. Golden Globes managed to be both politically relevant as well as you know an awards show, as awards yeah. shows are meant to be. It had wins from again a whole bunch of British shows ended up getting some yeah. serious awards. The Crown won. The Night Manager won quite a few. Um, Moonlight, which is, uh, you know, a wonderful film from what I've heard. I haven't seen it. Uh, Moonlight won Best Drama. Mm. La La Land basically swept through the musical category. Um, And these are all in their own way. A lot of them are, of course, um, very fluffy. Mm. But I quite loved the idea of shows like The Crown winning in a time when, you know, Trump has been like outsiders get the hell out. And of course, who can forget Hugh Laurie saying, I would like to dedicate this award to psychopathic billionaires. (laughs) Not to mention Meryl Streep's uh, speech, which has since gone viral. Um, You watched Stardust the night before. And, and then, then got saw, up in the morning for... No, not... This is the wonder of Tata Sky Plus. I recorded it. And at 9am, as opposed to 7.30am, I got up. And I still finished watching it at the same time as everyone else because I could fast forward through the... Ads. So what were your favorite bits of the show? So I... Uh, Jimmy Fallon as a host? I didn't think he was too bad, but I loved that opening sequence which they did, which was a copy of La La Land's yeah. opening sequence. I... Like the fact that everything is up for, like, they poke fun at everything. It's and not everyone. Like, yeah, and everyone takes it very smilingly. And uh, so I liked also, of course, La La Land's the awards and all. And there was this woman now, I've forgotten what she won it for. And she said, I want to thank my wife of 28 years. Also, I loved the when Dave Patel came on for his mm. film Lion, which mm. I really want to watch, which is when Nicole Kidman plays his mother and he was adopted from India and she tells him, you go back because he says, I can still remember he was adopted as a six-year-old from India from some small village. And he says, I can remember the streets that I walked down. And she says, I want you to go back because I want you to meet the woman who gave birth to you 
so that you can see what a beautiful man you've grown to be and he came on to introduce the film with that 6 year old boy Aww. who was just adorable <laughs> we found out i don't know how many people have watched it but you sh- definitely should watch on netflix stranger things and uh someone dies in stranger things a person called bob and this is very important because i watch stranger things and it's revealed in the opening sequence they said bob is not dead so it's a big thing and she was part of the opening sequence so the kids in stranger things also performed and i just like the fact that there seems to i don't know how genuine it is because they are all really good actors also but there seems to be a certain level of camaraderie which you see even because they show you bits during when yeah. the awards are not happening where people are talking to each other and it was quite cool because tom ford has uh, directed nocturnal, nocturnal animals. animals and he was talking to someone and she's wearing a gown and he see because you can't take the designer out of him so he was adjusting her Uh, sleeves and making and I think he was explaining to her why she should sort of wear it a little off shoulder or something. You know, if you told me that he was adjusting her strap, I would have immediately put her, put him into the Bengali Mashima thing. It was a little like that when Ryan Gosling went up to take his award. Ryan Reynolds and the guy who plays uh, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, kissed each other like Aww. a full smooch. just because they could yeah. and so if you look at Ryan Gosling walking up behind them you can see both of them just for no for no good reason are just kissing each other because they knew someone will catch this and put it on youtube so it's so a there was of, a lot of subversion in these little ways yeah. right uh, sort of striking out at conservatism and of course the apex of that was Meryl Streep's yeah. speech which everyone has rightly uh fallen in love with mm. all over again it's like this woman literally can do no wrong now are you one of those who felt that uh, disappointed that there wasn't something like this in stardust like no but no i element don't think of intelligence i really feel it's unfair to expect bollywood sitting in maharashtra in bombay with that thug raj thackeray next door to like why won't they say because when they say the way they are pilloried and then they're film hall will get picketed their house you'll have people coming in front of their house their kids are abused like is it it's very easy for us to say oh you should become a hmm. role model because they are they do have people listening to them but i think it's very easy for us to say do that and why in hollywood but in hollywood no one is picketing your house and no. uh, breaking your breaking the film hall or asking that you be thrown out of the country and then you're having to apologize each time a bollywood star has made a comment he has had to apologize that's why i think it was anurag kashyap who put up on twitter that you want you want this kind of political engagement from mm. bollywood you have to do nothing just stick up for the few who do yeah. protest because he's one of them right he has uh, on different occasions sometimes related to his film sometimes not necessarily directly mm. related to his films has taken stance and all that has happened is that he's just got the tag of being an enfant terrible yeah. and you know that sort of thing um last year was a pretty difficult year in that sense for bollywood mm. and i think that's why there were a few expectations that oh maybe someone could have said something but the fact is when you have the most influential among the most influential people in the country having to bow down the way sekaran johar had to for adil hai mushkil uh where do you get the confidence to be able to resist 
so i have to say it was just 5 minutes or maybe 3 minutes in stardust awards but they ritesh deshmukh and abhishek bachchan who is amitabh bachchan's son and amitabh bachchan doesn't say anything hmm. to upset the powers that be they did uh they said that we'd like everyone to stand up and to uh mourn the loss of people who were very dear to us this year hmm. so everyone did stand up and they had a song about the 500 rupee and 1000 rupee notes being taken from <laughs> our lives and it took 2 minutes like javed akhtar that part was definitely they were there when it happened because javed akhtar shabana azmi started laughing instantly and javed akhtar said what what is what are they doing <laughs> like that and then they everyone started laughing and sat down so i thought it was quite brave being Yeah. because all of them have political affiliation somewhere or the other and they also said that oh and this actor and that and then they said for for forward and they said oh we can't take those names from nothing at least they did say and at least much. they mentioned the first letter of this poor man's yeah, name who was forgotten by his own co-star yeah when anushka sharma went up to uh, accept her award for best actress for ae dil hai mushkil and one other film which i forgotten because it was so sparkling obviously so <laughs> it was very odd some other awards as usual were very odd and you can make out who will get the awards right because they've come they've attended Indeed. the thing so shivai got for uh, a special award for direction by ajay devgan and special effects i want to mention this because uh, wow uh, like if that's what they think great direction is that's very very worrying but anushka went up to accept her award and she named each of her cast like her co-stars from edil hai mushkil from edil hai mushkil other than fawad khan this is very sad he's such a nice looking man she doesn't care uh speaking of expecting or not expecting uh bollywood to take a stand and be role models for the rest of us there's one person who everyone thinks should come out as the come out truly as the voice of gay india which lgbtq is, india yeah, yeah which is karan johar film director and uh, a book has now been written it's a biography it's a, it's actually an autobiography tipped yeah. as but um, Hindustan Times says Poonam Saxena has, has written uh, it with, written it with Karan Johar yeah it's called an unsuitable boy and extracts have been published lately like few extracts and one of which uh, he sort of refers to the fact that people keep talking about his sexuality and he doesn't see why he needs to come out and explicitly say anything and that he doesn't do so because uh, because it's criminal to be gay in india and uh, that's why he doesn't also and he talks about how people have uh, insinuated that he has a, a scene with sharukh khan and sharukh khan is like a brother to him and he said it's all very hurtful and all that but um, what do you think about this whole thing that's being made out of because everyone's now there are lots of news reports that yeah so um uh, karan johar had said this quite some time ago that he wasn't officially coming out per se because he wasn't sure how his mum would react to it yeah and not in terms of how she would react to him but how the social hmm. reactions and because he is a public figure she'd have to encounter it much more than she would if he was just a regular guy with no yeah. public profile i do think that that's a perfectly fair sentiment 
um, regardless of fair or unfair in my world, how someone comes out is entirely That's their business. That's the other thing. All right? I don't understand how we can... Uh, we are not to sit judgment under any circumstances about how someone... Like nobody comes up to a heterosexual person and says, would you now please just make a statement about the fact that you want to have sex with men or yeah. women, whatever it is. So why we expect that from the other sexuality, I don't understand. Now, um, what is ironic to me about this book coming out and these extracts mm. being put out is that um, if they were supposed to make people a little more open towards the idea of homosexuality, yeah. the way they've been put in the press has achieved the exact opposite. Yeah. Because even, even a publication like Indian Express, which I am a huge fan of and they do great work and they are generally completely on point... Hmm. they went with when they had uh, an article on uh, to be fair this is the web version this is not the hmm. newspaper itself but the web version um, they had an article based on the excerpts that came out in Times of India and the headline says Karan Johar opens up about his sexuality virginity and SRK in his new book yeah, what that's is what. the implication there tell me yeah that's what so, so as it turns out, this effort to make people a little more open-minded has been flipped by the media. From the extracts that I saw, and I'm sure this is designed, none of this is new, right? Yeah. Uh, the story about what a blowjob is is something that Karan Johar has, has told before. in Coffee with Karan. Yeah. Uh, the stories of how... Um, he felt very unattractive because he was overweight. Mm. The stories of even uh, that sexuality, the sexuality that thing, keep preferring yeah, and that was an NDTV yeah. column. Um, so there's nothing new in the extracts that have yeah. been shared with us, and of course, because they want you to buy the book and find out. So they've given out. these extracts, obviously. Yeah. It's either cricket or Bollywood. Now none of the cricketers, I don't know whether they'll ever, if there is a gay cricketer, will come out because poor thing will definitely get thrown out of the team. I can say it with my hand on my heart I can say that this will happen yeah because it's a male testosterone uh, driven sport and how can we what have testosterone a, yeah like, like I'm really. sorry so, I wish Abhinandan was here to tell us yet again yes that, that this is, is not but that's because he doesn't play cricket so he doesn't know I must uh, remind you of something that he would have totally reminded you of which is that we have a subscription plan going on News Laundry yes which is on till January 15th. Now, the reason January 15th is an important date is that after that, a couple of days after that, we're going to go and start up our paywall, which means some articles and uh, recent episodes of the Hafta hmm. will be behind a paywall, which means people like you and me are fine because yeah. we are subscribers. So join our happy tribe, be subscribers, and then you can obviously see everything that is on the site. For and those, you're getting a 10% discount, there's a 10, which 10. I didn't get because you all never informed me of this. So I paid a fat subscription. There's a documentary coming up soon, one hopes. Yeah. It is starting to do little private screenings and it will be on the festival circuit in this year, which sounds fantastic. Um, you, Miss Sen, have seen it. Yeah, so it's called The Saints of Sin. It's uh, made the creative... Uh, idea I think it is and uh, she's the 
assistant director on it also is Swati Bhattacharya, who I know. And uh, she used to be national creative director of JWT. She's made some other... Uh, we'll put the link of this other film, which I really like of hers, called Double Shift. Mm, and the Action Aids Water Wives film. So she's, she's got a very keen eye and mind for interesting... Uh, topics to uh, discuss and it has been directed by Anirban Sen who is again from the ad world. The idea of this is really interesting yeah. taking each of the seven sins yeah. and having one woman talk about it. Yeah so these are all women who Swati knows personally and uh, they are all Bengalis surprisingly yeah. and uh, it's about how each woman, each of these women embodies a sin but has made the sin into a virtue. Mm. In whatever way, whether someone else thinks it's a virtue or not, they have taken a positivity out of that sin. For my ex-husband, my laziness, he, so, you know, he, uh, he gave no points for the way you run the house or the way the, he had a view of what a woman should be. Do just you know so I remember my mom used to tell me things like that when he's at home just walk around a lot go from one room to another to another and you will recognize some of the people one of them is um, Paromita Bora who's the journalist and filmmaker yeah and uh, there's she's lust her sin is lust and uh, there's another person I know whose name is Debbie what I found, so I always get a little scared with documentaries and documentaries made by Bengalis and made about women because I feel like, oh my God, it's going to be so intellectual and atil and deep. Or boring or melodramatic. Yeah, and so deep, like I, no one will understand. Ritik Ghatok also will not understand. But, but your shallow loving self. Yes. You loved it. I loved it. So most people I think will love it. I think it is a must for everyone who is a woman an urban woman to watch because it's about urban women. This is not about rural women. It is not about people who have no money or are beaten by their husband. There is no sob story as such as in about these women. These are women who you have most probably worked alongside or you've gone and they are the at the top of their professions. They are almost all of them are women who are supremely confident about the way they look, the way they behave, the way they think, and which is why the stories were so much more, had so much more impact. And I'll just describe two of the stories, one of which is Debbie, which is the first one, she's Roth. And she talks about how uh, from the time she was 12 till, uh, from the time she was eight. eight till she was 16 or so, her brother was four years older than her her wrath was against her mother primarily not against her brother because she felt her mother always gave preference to her brother and she said this and it said what's nice is it said without rancor and it said without her bawling her eyes out she says it in a very matter of fact tone that earlier when her brother was young he had uh, dogs and toys and all to play with and then as he grew older her parents decided let's give him a sibling for company so she was born as company for her brother and uh, from the time she was eight he basically sexually abused her and her family her mother turned a blind eye turned a blind eye it's not that she uh, addressed it at all and the last uh, sin was this uh, uh, transgender his her name is Pradeep so hmm. it's still going by uh, 
her male name and called Podu, like all good Bengalis, that was what Ani kept referring to him as. So even Ani refers to him as him. He said, I can't know what to do. I can't say she and even she knows it. And his was envy. And mm. he said, and he describes again without rancor. And he says, you know, I always wanted, all I wanted was I got full acceptance from my parents. There was no question about, oh, why do you want to be a girl? Why do you think you're a girl? Why are you wearing makeup and all? And he went to NID and he said over there, like I did a dance as Helen in a backless dress. And I came back to Cal. I'd send my mother the pictures and she would take it to relatives' houses and say, Dakho, Dakho, Nechechi as Helen, which was like, see, see, he's done. And he said, so that acceptance has never been a problem. But all I have ever wanted was to have a relationship with a straight man. And no straight man wants to have a relationship with a transgender usually. Mm. A gay man does. I think everyone should watch it to hear what actually makes up a person. And Mm. that just because someone is laughing and chatting and looking like the king of the world actually or queen of the world, that doesn't mean that they aren't like maybe quite horrendous layers of what has made them the person they are. So two things that I think are really powerful about uh, this documentary Mm. as a central idea. Uh, One, of course, is that trauma can be something that you use to find strength rather than something that only breaks you, that it can rejoin you again. It's like that, uh, you know, the Japanese pottery where they fill cracks with gold so that you don't forget that it's cracked. You remember the crack, but it is stronger and more beautiful Mm. for it. And the fact is that... Most people who are battling uh, problems like depression, uh, problems like even bipolar disorders, Mm. um, psychological issues in general, most of them, particularly uh, if they have been tackling it for a long time, don't make a spectacle of it. In fact, they know how to cover it up extremely well Mm. so uh yeah good going so watch this for sure also it's got really great music which i didn't appreciate but i just want to mention it because the filmmakers were very they went to bangladesh and they got these uh singers who are not known to sing so if you like music i suppose you like the music but it it's a documentary worth watching so look out for saints of sin in the age of political correctness it is expected that we will be politically correct. Except yes. except if you're BBC Two, yeah, it turns right. out. There is uh, there's a small series of sketches <laughs> that Sorry. have been uh, that have gone viral in the last week and they're called The Real Housewives of ISIS. Coming up this season on The Real Housewives of ISIS. Ta-da! What do you think? Surprised me with it yesterday. Hashtag OMG, hashtag Jihadi Jane, hashtag Death to the West ISIS emojis. Oh, babes, I love it. You look gorgeous. As you might have been able to tell from that teeny tiny clip, this is not a politically correct thing. Because essentially, what revolting sketch, and it's written by BAFTA winners Hayden Prowse and Jolion Rubenstein. Um, who are the creators of Mm. this show called The Revolution Will Be Televised, Uh, they've made a sketch in which a bunch of strongly English-accented women in burqas and hijabs, who are evidently in Syria or somewhere like that, are um, talking about being housewives. 
Yeah, and about how like one's husband gives her, uh, uh, you know, one of those bomber jackets where you put RDX and you blow yourself up. So it's very sad. I don't think you should do, anyone should do that. But she talks about how her husband's given her this lovely gift and then the other wife walks in and she's got the same jacket and she's the first one is quite upset. It's like, why I had the, the first hell? mover yeah, advantage I, yeah. and then so, look. So it's really funny and it's in keeping with their BBC Two's other. So they've always been politically incorrect. There's a fabulous show which has stopped now, but which was so good, Little Little Britain. Oh. Which had like a paraplegic who's faking his... Uh, <laughs> He's not a paraplegic. But also that uh, that guy who dresses up a woman says, I'm a lady. Yeah, so it's like, you don't be so sensitive and just watch this. It's So it's a takeoff on this other reality show, which is Real Housewives of... Jersey, uh, Jersey Atlanta, Atlanta, there's Beverly loads Hills. of them now. And those housewives are really quite horrible. So but there's been a... Uh, predictably, there has been a certain amount of uh, outrage hmm. because um, these... Sketches are showing Muslim women as dominated, as uh, oppressed, as, as terrorists. Wives as terrorists. terrorists and terrorists. Um, and very happy about the terrorism. Yeah. Like they don't judge their husbands. Not at all. all. Uh, very blasé Much about... like no one should. Never judge your husband. I'm just saying. Except... The fact is that it is hilarious. So how anyone is taking offense at this, yeah, aside yeah. from the fact that if you have misogynist practices... Why would you hold them up? Like, for instance, there's one bit in one of the sketches where a woman says, Ali, her husband, yeah. bought me a new chain. And <laughs> it's very and good. It, and, you know, you're thinking that it's a it's necklace like or something of that sort. And then the camera pans out to show an actual chain. To which the is stove. linked to the <laughs> stove. And she adds at which point, it's eight feet long and I can almost get outside, which is great. It's fabulous. And you door. see her tugging at the chain and everything falling apart just because she's trying to reach the door. It's horrible and horribly funny. And uh, while I, I don't understand why people would be offended, because are you seriously thinking that this is to be taken at face no, value? That's what, if you, you must be an absolute fool if you think this is not making fun of these practices all right we're coming to the end of this episode of the awful and awesome entertainment wrap and it is time for me to tell you what happened with last week's question uh nothing nothing that's pretty much nothing there is only one person who got it right astha kapoor who figured out that the three songs that we had played for you, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake, Rehab by Amy Winehouse, and Umbrella by Rihanna, had one thing in common, which is that they are all 10 years old this year. I feel very old when I say that. Yeah. For this week's question, I have for you... Um, I need to preface this a little bit. So uh, we've made a little bit of history with the Lakme Fashion Week that is coming yeah. up, right? Because... There is one Anjali Lama who's the going first, to be yeah. walking the walk, as it were. Yeah. And why is she special? Because she's the first transgender model who will be walking. And, and she's stunning. I she saw photographs like really of her. really stunning. I think it's a big deal that the fashion industry uh, 
makes these kind of takes because these it kind has of it traditionally yeah. everywhere else it has like for instance one of the first transgender models to be used internationally hmm. Leah T was yeah. picked up by Givenchy so my question dear listeners is Anjali Lama who will be the first transgender model to uh, walk on the catwalk in Lakme Fashion Week where is she from So please send your answers to contact at newslaundry.com or uh, drop us a line on Twitter. We do read what you write to us, uh, even when it is not so nice. And when it's nice, obviously, you know that we are reading. This podcast was produced by Kartik Nijhavan, who uh, was also dancing through some of it for reasons that are not very well known to me. I think some of it might have been while we were talking about Real Housewives of Isis, yeah. which is a different problem entirely. Um, but for this week, thank you, Miss Sen. Thank you, Miss Pal. It's a wrap. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 